This podcast is in the loop, the Legion of Osiris podcasts. Osiris is creating a community that connects people like you with live experiences and podcasts about artists and topics you love. Get in the loop at OsirisPod.com. everybody, this is Donnie B, the host of the Female Fish podcast, Female Centrics. Today we're coming at you with episode 60. And today we're going to be interviewing a woman named Carrie Selfridge, who along with her good friend Craig Bailey started an online vending group called The Lot by Primal Soup. So the lot is a Jambi inspired it was where Jamband inspired vendors offer a huge selection of gear inspired by Fish and Grateful Dead, Billy Strings, Widespread Panic and others. And sort of, you know, with lot with live music not, you know, on right now and people still needing to work and especially the ones who have been traveling around with the bands and whatnot, here is a place for them to be able to go or for us to be able to go and still, you know, buy our stickers and hats and pins and tie dyes and hoodies and all of that. It's a fantastic idea. So I want to start just real quick by letting you guys know that we are part of the Osiris Podcast Network and there is a lot of great content coming out of there right now. One of them in particular is called Comes a Time. This is a podcast that is hosted by Mike Fenoya and Oteil Burbridge. And uh, one, one in particular is episode 26 while they get to talk to the Jennifer Hartwick, Hartswick. So uh, if you get a chance, check that out because, you know, we all love Jennifer. And the other big one coming out, which is exciting because I'm going to be a part of it, is Undermine. So if you have not had a chance to... Uh, hear about this yet. The guys from the Osiris Network, the three other podcasts, fish podcasts that were part of Osiris. So Tom Marshall with Under the Scales, RJB with the Helping Friendly podcast, as well as Brian Brinkman, who did a podcast called Beyond the Pond, have uh, consolidated and now they are doing the new podcast, Undermine, which will begin to be released in February. It's more of a narrative story of the history of fish. So they're going to be starting out uh, just talking about these foundational, the foundational periods of the 1980s and taking it from there. So I will be lending my expertise as an investigative reporter (laughs) to add fan interviews as well as people that were involved in the early years and so on and so forth. So I'm really thrilled to be a piece of that. So so we will be right back with Carrie Selfridge from The Lot by Primal Soup.
All right, and we are back, and uh, today I am sitting down virtually with Carrie Selfridge, who started the website called The Lot by Primal Soup. Carrie started this with her good friend, Craig Bailey, and this concept is such a beautiful tribute to vendors on lot and really shows how amazing our community support is. Um, the description on her website reads as this. Welcome to The Lot by Primal Soup, a.k.a. The Lot. We are glad, glad, glad that you've arrived. Our jam band-inspired vendors offer a huge selection of gear inspired by Fish, Grateful Dead, Billy Strings, Panic, Widespread Panic, and others. Thousands of items including shirts, hoodies, stickers, hats, pins, and tie-dyes, books, and body care products. So you sort by category or enter the store and browse the rest just like a stroll down shakedown. So if you guys have been missing your OG lot gear, we've got a one-stop shopping lot right here. So welcome, Carrie Selfridge. Hi, how are you, Don? Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you for, for having this and, and uh, here with us today. Yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. So we're going to jump right into this and, uh, you know, start with uh, the question I ask everybody is, what is your fish story? How'd you get into this circus? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's actually a funny story. Um, my first show was in 1994. And the only reason I was able to even go was because one of my best friend's brothers got sick and he couldn't go to the show. So he offered us the tickets. And um, I told my mom I was staying over with a girlfriend, didn't tell her what else we were doing. And uh, how old old were you? I was 17 at the time, Mm -hmm. senior in high school. Mm -hmm. And we uh, got in my old Oldsmobile car and made our trek um, about 65 miles up to Erie. Mm -hmm. And went to the show and it just absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. So what was your first impression of walking? Now, was that your first like official lot that you had gone on? Had you been to like the dead lot or anything like that before? No, I had been to other concerts, but it was um, nothing like that. Um, So that was my first time like, oh, what is this? What's going on here? Um, And of course it was in Erie. So the lot scene at that show was much different than, um, you know, other lots. Um, It was in November and it's cold. (laughs) So yeah. So the parking lot was parking garages um, Hmm. scattered about and it, it just, it just blew my mind. From the moment we rolled up there, I was just like, I need to know more about this and I want to be part of this. Yeah. Now, had you had you heard or listened to them beforehand? I had, um, again, from one of my friends, um, her brother, he would have tapes. So the only experience I had was listening to tapes that he had been trading. And so I knew I enjoyed the music, but... I had no idea what I was in for. Listening to them, uh, you know, on tape is much different than standing there and absorbing everything that comes along with the experience. Oh, yes, because it's definitely not like, uh, you know, one sensory being triggered here, you know? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. You know, we're such vulnerable age. You know, that was my first uh, year, my first show as well was in 94 that summer. And, you know, I was uh, a year older than you as I was 18. And, um, 
you know, I just, it, it's interesting because most of the people our age, give or take, their first show was right around 94 and either were introduced by an older sibling or summer camp. It's like, I, I wish I could just go back and try to figure out statistically because it is an overwhelming amount. Right. That, that's how, right. how we heard it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially because where I was living, you know, I grew up in a really small rural town, so everything kind of made its way last to us as far as music goes. Mm -hmm. So when he would come back with these shows, it was just, it was so different than anything that we, you know, had available to us around here. And I just, I couldn't get enough of it. And now, did you so. have this immediate feeling that you were like, this is how it was for me. It was just that you belonged and that it was something that you just knew was going to be part. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, again, you know, I grew up small town, so I had a few really close friends here, um, but we were, you know, I felt home when I got there. I was like, these are my people. <laughs> yes, 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 definitely. So, so you know, I, I kind of touched base just a moment ago, but like, you know, what were your first uh, thoughts about Lot? And do you remember, um, you know, buying any anything from vendors and, and those first moments and anything you bought in particular? Um, sadly, from my first show, no, I don't. I didn't purchase anything while I was there. And um, we didn't spend a whole lot of time, um, like I said, you know, on the lot, mm -hmm. but I love just the community aspect right away. As soon as you pull up, um, it's, it was one of those places you could stroll in alone. And within a few minutes, you had lots of people that you could hang out with and chit chat with. And I just, I loved that aspect of it and that feeling of it, um, and as far as just memorable items over the years, I always made it a point to try and pick up a little trinket for my mom or for my grandmothers, because I knew they were back home worrying that <laughs> their crazy daughter, crazy granddaughter was out traveling all over the place. And so in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm going to bring them home a pretty rock or, you know, a pretty piece of art. And <laughs> that's yep. somehow going to the calm their fears or their anxiety over the fact that I was doing this. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And you think about it, you know, we didn't have cell phones. I would like call my parents and use, the, you know, I would call them collect and use the, the like 15 second recording that you're just supposed to say your name to be like, all right, I'm in Colorado. My red rocks. Everything's fine. I love you. Bye. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And postcards yep. and, you know, calling cards. I remember, you know, with the holidays, that's one of the things that I was always asked for. I need calling cards. And <laughs> just so I had them. Right. Um, um, it was different times back then, definitely. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm thankful that technology has, you know, where it is and has been our friend. But I kind of miss those days of, you know, having your map and figuring it out and hoping you're running into your friends at the next show and leaving little notes. And yeah, those were good days. It's such an organic times. experience, you know, to be able to, and, and to have it span for such a huge, you know, part of our lives here, but it, where, you know, kids nowadays, you know, they don't even know what it is to walk out of the door. Like I now can't believe I was 33 right. when I first got my first cell phone. Like how the hell yeah. did I drive around the country yeah. And, and you just don't do it. But you know what? You It's like, yeah, it, it's such a, it's like, you know, you can't do without it nowadays, you know, but like what a right, free right. piece that we weren't even aware of and what we were walking exactly. into. Exactly. You know? Right. And, you know, looking back, um, I just appreciate it so much more because it not only was it fun and were we on these adventures, but I think that we were really learning vital life lessons, you know, and um, 
yeah, it was just a great time. And I'm thankful that I was a part of it. And that was the beginning of all of this mm-hmm. for me. And not only that, but the culture, you know, itself was so different from, you know, I'd, I had gone to a couple of dead shows. The first time I ever walked on the lot, it was when Boston Gardens was still Boston Gardens. So you would get off at the T and then walk down the stairs and go underneath there. And right. so I walked off that and I what you know the elevator opened and there was a lot and I'll never forget it was just one hippie chick following another hippie dude and she's wagging his finger at him and she was like bad hippie bad hippie <laughs> and there's like a drum circle in the background there's all these dogs I'm like what the hell is going this is a lot what more than a tie-dye this? yeah <laughs> a lot yeah. more <laughs> it's this whole other world that you come out of straight it, out of really high school was. right yeah yeah it really really was um and you know, I, I try and talk to my non-fish friends mm-hmm. and, you know, my family about it because of course they're always like, oh, how was it? What did you do? You know, help us understand this. And I always tell them, I don't know that I could ever explain it to you. Mm-hmm. That it's just something that you've got to go out and you've got to experience. And, you know, thankfully I've been lucky enough. I've taken my parents to shows and um, they've got to experience that and they loved it and they get it. They're like, you know, it's not something I'd want to do all the time, but we totally understand why you do this and it makes sense to us now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Actually, my parents went to a fish show before I did because they're big Santana fans. So yeah. So I was a junior in high school and they came back from this Santana concert and they were like, have you ever heard this band fish and I had only heard a fish bone at the time which I'd get you know right yeah so I'm like yes. yeah I know that was like this really heavy whatever they're like I don't know all these like hippie looking kids came in and they showed my mom goes they all dance like this and she did like the little dance thing that hippies do with their arms or whatever and she's like and then they all just left we didn't know where they went and I was like Ugh. let alone you know no idea a year and a half by now they were you know I would have joined the uh the the you know revolution a year so it's like right uh, right like wait a minute you're going you're one of those people now (laughs) forever surprise right yeah (laughs) exactly um so you know when did you first start going on tour and you know when you did go on tour did you start vending right away to get on it what did you start selling Um, well between my first show, which is in 95, mm-hmm. um, up until 99, right? um, mm-hmm. or 94. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Um, I graduated in 95. And then so during that time period between work and just other things going on, I would hit as many shows as I possibly could, but it was never a full tour. Um And then in 99, um, some things came up and I had the freedom to be able to just go and do it. And so that's when I really started vending. Um, Beforehand, it was, you know, what can we do to get to the next show? We were selling drinks. Um, One of my girlfriends and I would make patchwork blankets and sell patchwork blankets and apron tops and, you know, the patchwork shorts and patchwork curtains, as we call them. Right, right. (laughs) Oh, the fashion choices that we had, they're oh, adorable. I'll, I'll never forget trying to go to my, I went to, cause I did the, my first big ones where I did the full summer 96, 97 tour. And uh, I'll forget opening night of 96 tour. I was like, I'm not going to wear a bra. I'm just going to do a boob curtain. And I've got a good, pretty good set on me. And I was like, oh my God, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done. I can't, <laughs> nope. <laughs> These things cannot <Yeah>. be free. <laughs> 
<laughs> right, right. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know sports bras mentioned- are my friends. Right. Yes. Exactly. exactly. I learned the hard way on that one. I was like, no way. <laughs> um. So, but I know that we had talked. You had done some of the summer '97 tour, correct? Yes. What'd you do that? Yes. What shows did you? Do? Um. Well, like I said, I, it was in between jobs, um, or not jobs, but days that I was working, I didn't have a whole lot. So I was really lucky that, um, summer of 1997, I had, uh, some free time going on. And so I was able to hit, um, the shows in Burgett's or the show in Burgettstown, Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. um, Star Lake, because that was pretty much like a hometown venue for me. Um, and then I was able to go up to Darien Lake because again, it wasn't far from my house. So sure. being, a, being able to go, um, and then we made our way up to limestone mm. and that was something again, um, you know, you go to shows and that's one experience, but then when you have a festival, um, that's something completely different mm-hmm. in, in and of itself, just eye opening and, that will always be a really special event um, as any festival, but that is what really started it where I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> yep. Like I kind of thought I knew and I was into it, but now <laughs> I really know. And this is amazing. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's great. Now. Um, so when, what did you start when you first started vending, what were you, what was your, cause you were talking about the blankets and whatnot, but when you really first started getting into it and, and what you found was, you know, like, guess your moneymaker. Like I, when I did tour, we uh, sold burritos. So we mm-hmm. make these in retrospect. I'm like, like, I don't know why, <laughs> uh, but they sold and they were quick and they got us all around, you know, but it was essentially just a bunch of canned beans and some hominy and corn and this sauce. And we had a whole song and a dance. And I actually found my, my sign recently for these Guadalupe style, because it was a sauce that we got, uh, bean burritos. And I, we steered away from them one time where we got this like crazy sale on, on iced tea. And we're like, Oh, we're going to make a whole bunch of money from this This is great. It was like a a discount mart someplace in the desert. And then we tried to drive over the like Sierras, I believe. And our car just overheated (laughs) the whole time. And we got to the next lot and nobody wanted them. We're like, fuck, like, no, this is, this is the curse of the burrito. This is what we have to go back to. (laughs) So, yeah. So what did you first, uh, really, what really worked for you first? Um, well, I, we, I always had drinks, um, things of that nature, but when I really started doing show after show, um, I went straight with clothing. Um, we've always had a pretty male dominated scene mm-hmm. and it was always hard for me to find shirts that would fit me or something that I really liked. We had the patchwork and everything, but towards, you know, the late nineties into 2000, that was kind of, I don't want to say it was fading out, but styles were changing and I couldn't ever find things that fit me correctly. So my goal with all of that was I wanted to bring clothing that I liked. So if it completely flopped, at least I'd have some cool clothing Uh, (laughs) for myself, but, um, that, you know, women could come and, and find something that fit them and they felt confident in and they felt good in. And so I did, 
skirts and dresses and different styles of shirts. Um, I always made sure that my t-shirts were more of a woman's cut rather than just the regular boxy t-shirts. And that's kind of where Miss Bliss Designs, I mean, that is where Miss Bliss Designs really came from, um, was just from my love of wanting to make myself feel good and comfortable when I was going to a show, but also make sure that, you know, there were other women that were able to have that as well. So did you ever run into any copyright issues? Because I know it was like a big thing back on lot. I, I wish I could remember the woman's name. There was like one woman that was in charge of like, you know, shutting down all, you know, the people who were selling anything that had to do with the uh, logo and whatnot. Um, I had definitely had a right. couple of derelict friends involved in those scams back in the day, you know. <laughs> whatnot. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So um, was that an issue for you? Um, personally, no, it was never an issue for me. I have always tried to respect the band and the things that they've asked, you know, from us as fans. Um, I don't use their logo in anything. I don't use images to their likeness. Um, so personally, I've never had issues with it, but I do know that it, it really was a big issue. Um, and I know that a lot of times um, I heard stories where things that people normally wouldn't think would be an issue and whether they were just having a bad day or, mm -hmm. you know, what was going on. But um, unfortunately, you know, there were people that had items confiscated and they were issued cease and desist orders. Mm. And, but I'm thankful that I've never had that kind of a run in or that experience with it. Yeah, sure. Cause it's a big deal if that happens, you know, like I, I, uh, 98 Vegas, um, we were coming through and they ran everybody as soon as the show started, they ran everybody off of lot. So, yeah. and we didn't have tickets that I did. We didn't get into that show. We didn't have tickets, but I had a backpack full of burritos with no place. And that was like the last of our money, you know? So we just ended yeah. up donating it to a homeless shelter. And I just went on karma and got our butts home. You know, yeah. I don't you know. My parents could have wired right. me something or asked somebody for something, but I just remember like, I'm like, well, shit, like, what do you do if it all yeah. goes, you know? And, uh, right. cause that's, I mean, that's how, that's how you get the gas money. That's how you get the, you know, to go on to the next one. And, and, um, you know, I'm looking at some of it's, your, uh, some of your things right now online and I, you know, you've got some really progressive or, or new, new things here, you know, embracing the girl, woman, goddess shit, you know, that, and yes. she started to blaze from one tiny spark, like the tweezer, the tweezer reprise and encore. Are you kidding me? Your little, <laughs> oh, so cute. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. I've always tried, um, whenever I've, I've done a design, it's always been my goal that when people see it, they either right away know exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Or they have no idea what it is, but they like it anyways. Um, one of the designs that I have is um, for Llama. And it just says Llama, slow and sexy. Ooh. Um, and it's so funny because yep. if you know, you know. Yep. And <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> but I sell so many of that design to people that raise llamas. <gasps> that know nothing of the band, <laughs> that have no idea. They've never heard a song by Fish in their life, but they see that shirt and they're like, oh my goodness, I have to have it. And so I sold so many of those. Yeah, and I, I, it makes me giggle because I'm thinking, 
you know, there's, there's some lady out there that's <laughs> rocking this tank top and she has no idea, but, <laughs> but I love it. She's got some sexy llamas. So she wanted to represent there, you know, <laughs> she is. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Um, so, um, Let's see. So how, you know, when you're um, vending on, okay, so how is vending on lot different from vending pre-COVID? So like where, you know, which is kind of like an obvious question, but you know, you've, you've managed to gather uh, a good amount, you know, I would imagine when COVID hit, because you didn't start this until July, I believe. So right. uh, of this past year. So how, you know, wh- what was your first thought when you're like, shit, lo- lots going down and like, you know, um, do you have a day job and whatnot? Are you, were you completely relying on, on touring? And um, I strictly from 2016 up until COVID hit, I strictly relied for the most part. I still had my Etsy shop. I opened it in 2016 Mm -hmm. um, after some life changes. And I just decided that I was going to do what I loved because I, you know, I wanted to take that chance on myself. So I opened my Etsy shop, but most of my sales and everything that I did was in person, whether it was at concerts and festivals or you know, farmers markets. Um, we did a lot of pop-up events and trunk shows um, and things of that nature. But um, when COVID hit, it again, it was like the rug just being pulled out from underneath me. Mm-hmm. And I called my friend Craig. He has always been just a really great source of knowledge for me and would help me with marketing with my own business. And I, I remember calling him panicked and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I don't know if my business can survive this because I'm not going to have the local events or traveling to these music festivals or being at the concerts. And I, I don't know if online can sustain me because there's, when you look at online sales um, for anything, there's just so much out there. There's so many options and it's a whole world in and of itself because then you're taking on getting seen in this huge, vast marketplace, no matter what platform you're on. Um, so yeah, COVID hitting was a huge wake up call for me. Um, and thankfully Craig being the marketing genius that he is, he, um, you know, was like, don't panic. We'll figure this out. And within a week he was back in touch with me and he's like, you know, why don't we do an online marketplace? Why don't we put something together where we can get all of the vendors together? You you know, I wasn't the only one going through this. I knew that all of my friends were in the same boat Mm -hmm. Um, over the years. I've, you know, made lots of friends that are vendors and we talk and we were all kind of in that position of what the hell do we do at this point? And so that's really how the idea of the lot came to be. And, you know, thankfully um, it's, it's been fantastic so far and we have a really great group of people um, and it's giving that attention to our community that I think we all deserve to have. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to keep on chatting about this uh, amazing uh, community. Uh, online community, you know, again, that you've uh, set up. So we'll be right back.
All right, we are back with Carrie Selfridge from The Lot by Primal Soup. So, Carrie, right before the break, we were uh, talking about how you started the online vending piece. I hopped over uh, a question that I'm curious about, about your online, I mean, sorry, your on-lot experiences. About um, So while you were when, uh, vending, I'd love to know what is the wackiest thing that you because you know when we're like when we're vending we're sober essentially you know and so we're like you know it's like we're the eyes to the lot and whatnot so I want to know what is the wackiest thing you experienced or that you saw (laughs) (laughs) go down you know right in front of you give me a couple of them right because they're the best man so many crazy things um probably the the funniest thing that I've ever been asked, you know, trading wise. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say is that. People bring you, you know, feathers that they just found laying over by where they park their car <laughs> or a handful of rocks that are from the parking lot you're standing in. And they're telling you, you know, oh, these rocks are from, you know, I brought these from Colorado and they have magical powers. And you look down and they're the rocks we're standing on. <laughs> so, it's you know silly things like that are always a good time and I love that I love just seeing you know so many different types of people there and their personalities and it's fantastic Mm -hmm. um probably the craziest or the wackiest thing I would just say again the people you see so many people walking by and you're catching half conversations that they're having with their friends um and we've heard a lot of crazy things and I guess inside jokes to them that we're just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, so just the overall experience. I mean, every show is different. Um, I always joke. I'm like, what would a show be if we didn't have the parking lot and that whole event leading up to the show mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. well, and it's interesting too, when you go to uh, shows that are not fish or grateful dead you know related and you know and i remember the first time that ever happened to me when i was living in oregon at the time and i went to a uh, red hot chili peppers with stone Temple pilots opening and you know so we you know get out of the car and i'm like where is it even happening like is this concert like where the fuck is everybody? and then we get in there and everybody's sitting in their assigned seats and nobody's standing up and it had been years since i went to a not you know, I, I, a regular or whatever the hell you call it kind of, <laughs> kind of concert. Right. And I just, I'm like, nobody, these people don't know how to go to a show. Like we're goddamn professionals, right? you know? <laughs> yeah. This is uncomfortable. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <the> right. <laughs> I know. And I remember bringing my husband to, you know, some of his first shows and, you know, at Madison square garden, you know, everybody's like smoking butts and weed jumping over whatever. And he's like, can you fathom last night's, you know, freaking, you know, like, you know, basketball uh, game that was here. Anybody trying to pull any of this shit, <laughs> like, right? you know, they just realize it's, like, it's not worth yeah, it. It's, like, a tra- <laughs> it's a traveling circus yes. and you see so much and it's great. It's um, I love that people feel comfortable enough in our community that they can really just go and let loose and know that they're not going to be judged and be wacky, be silly, you know, do your thing. And we're just going to love you all the same. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well, and it's interesting to see through the years, how the venues and and towns have, 
have progressed to understand us as a community and, you yes. know, realizing, okay, just embrace us, realize, okay, yeah, you might have a couple punks being a couple punks, but there's a couple punks everywhere, you know? And if you just right. sort of let us come in and do our thing, you know, I think the trash piece needs to be worked on. That was something I talked a lot about in 2019. The freaking, yes. the freaking balloon yes. situation is just a shit show. People need to put those in their pockets. Right. Like right. I don't, I don't judge people doing nitrous. I mean, how I get grab a balloon every once in a while, but like, you know, it's just the leaving the messes is, you know, there's no need for that. But, um, but besides that, you know, we're pretty peaceful, a happy community and the least resistance is going to be better off and more peaceful for, for everyone just in the venue, outside of the venue, the whole thing. Um, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like you said, there, there's always going to be a few people that kind of take it a little too far and push those boundaries, but overall, um, you know, I, we're, we're good people. We're just there to have a good time. And I, I'm thankful that a lot of the communities that we do travel through have gotten to understand that. And like you said, welcome us. And mm-hmm. it just makes everything so much easier um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you know you're going to go somewhere and, and the people are happy to see you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, so so you and your friend Craig started this back in July. And what was the process? Talk about how this started going. Because you, because I mean, your, your website is phenomenal. Like it, it really is. It's so comprehensive and so easy and so supportive. Um, how were you able to you know, get this ball rolling and gather people. Um, Craig um, is the mastermind behind our website and he's done such a fantastic job with that Uh, and just making sure that it was user-friendly for both the vendors and for people that would be there, um, you know, shopping with our vendors. So after throwing together lots of ideas and just kind of figuring out what's going to work, um, there are other sites out there that are similar, but we noticed that they weren't getting um, a lot of traction. There were, they weren't getting a lot of views um, and there wasn't a lot of vendor participation happening. So we really wanted to make sure that whatever we created was going to support the community as a whole, whether it was the buyers or the vendors themselves. Um, and so that's when we launched and you know, the goal has always been just to bring the vendors and um, fans to one location and make it a really easy, comfortable experience for everyone and getting the exposure for the vendors and our community. Sure, sure. So, you know, how exactly does your, if you can, you know, explain to everybody, because yeah, I've got the, I have it up right in front of me right now. So how exactly does uh, your uh, site work both for the um, customer and for the people who are selling their wares? Okay. Um, for customers, we make it a really a one-stop shop. When you head over to the website, you will see all of our vendors. Um, just like you were walking down Shakedown, you'll see like their the front of their booth and you can scroll through and either step into their shops um, and take a look around and see if there's anything that you like, or if you're unsure of what the vendors offer, we have the search function, which is really great. It breaks it down into different categories. Or if you just head over and you're like, oh, I'm looking for a hat, you can type that into the search engine and it will pop up all of the vendors that have hats available to you. 
So we wanted to make it really user-friendly from that aspect. Mm -hmm. Um, For the vendors, um, their strength in numbers, and that has always been our kind of standing ground and our, our jumping point that on our own, we can do the marketing and we can create. Um, but a lot of times we find ourselves, you know, as individual vendors running ourselves thin. So what we have tried to establish is a community for our vendors to be a part of where we're like-minded individuals. We're all working together. We all have the same goals. Um, so we are able to put our forces together and, do advertising campaigns that maybe we wouldn't be able to do on an individual basis. And we can really get that exposure out there when we're all working together for, for the common good and Mm -hmm. um, you know, the bigger picture of it all. Now, is there anything you guys don't accept um, as far as what people are vending? Um, we ask all of our vendors that they stay away from anything, um, that's infringement. Mm -hmm. We, you know, of course each, the lot is in itself. Um, it's like a, a launching pad. So each individual vendor has their own shop. Um, we just direct you to that shop, whether it's an Etsy store or a standalone website, the vendors are in complete control, of course, of whatever it is that, that they have listed for sale, but we do ask them to respect other vendors and creators and to stay away from anything that might get them um, into some hot water uh, mm-hmm. for stepping on toes. Sure, sure. And obviously you can't get your heady goo balls and, and whatnot on there, I'm saying. Right, Damn right, it. right. And <laughs> yeah, no goo balls. And, you know, our, our running joke over there is that we're 100% nitrous free. That's oh. one of the only fish that you'll find that's 100% nitrous free. <laughs> I, I have to tell you, it's so funny. So at Bangor, whatever, 2019, so I bring my kids to shows often, right? So my oldest, uh-huh. um, my oldest, his first show was It. And so he's 18 now. So we were, we were walking... <laughs> We're walking by somebody and the guy was selling tanks like, like, you know, and he didn't have them in his hand. He didn't have them in his hand, but he had like, you know, a little strip of paper. And he's like, you know, my kid's old enough to look somewhat, you know, somewhat, you know, whatever. So he hands him and, you know, and my mom's like, and and so my, my son's like, he's like, mom, he's like, what? why the hell would anybody want a tank online? And I'm like, but he thought that was like an army tank. Just no, no. <laughs> oh, baby. Uh, I'm like, no, 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 no. Not. <laughs> like, and he, <laughs> it was just classic. And, and uh, no I, army tanks here. No, no army tanks here. Not yet. Anyway, you know, although, you know, <laughs> for him, he's like, Oh, you never know. You know, <laughs> Raised right, him shit. Right. yeah, he had, um, it reminded, <sighs> reminded me a little bit. Um, you were telling the story earlier of just uh, the first time he oh with the rocks and the feathers and stuff so he had this like little button collection and um, he might have been I don't know eight years old something like that and so I was letting him walk around and he was selling these like just silver funky buttons that were you know three for a dollar or whatever right and so it was after the show and uh-huh. and I was kind of you know he could stand his own but I was hovering you know afterwards about letting him have space to experience this and but just making sure that nobody was being inappropriate or he was you know whatever right, right. and so this dude comes up to him and he has no shoes and and uh no hat he's just no shirt and he's just wearing shorts right and clearly he's you know a little you know in left 
field, but he was he was being appropriate and all that, right? So he was like really into the buttons, like you know, and Allie's like talking. Oh. Yeah, he's probably tripping or whatever, you know. And so, and, and, so <laughs> and so the kid, after a little bit, he's just like, so you know, he's like, you know what, little dude, he's like, he's like, I gotta tell you, he's like, you know, you can lose, you know, you can lose your shoes, you can lose your shirt, but you know what, there's just one thing you can't lose. And, and my Adelaide goes, what, your wallet? Yeah, you know, I guess so. And pretty much he was like, all right, three for a buck. I got, I got money to make. Like, I'm moving on here. Right, right. <laughs> this cracked me Time up. Time is money, honey. Right? Let's go. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it was a natural from the beginning. Cracks me up. <laughs> yeah. So um, It's funny. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was going to say, um, my daughter, um, she's, but my daughter and son have gone to a few shows with me. I always try and make sure that wherever I'm taking them, there's a family section and, you know, a nice lot for us to be up on. And Mm -hmm. when my daughter was younger, one of her favorite things to do is my mom, for some reason, would collect fake flowers, like Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, I have no idea why, but my daughter would get a hold of them and she would sell fake flowers on lot for a dollar, <laughs> whether it was a tulip or a rose or, you know, a sunflower, whatever it was. Sounds like a hot commodity. Hoop, right. <laughs> and um, she would hula hoop as she's, you know, doing her thing. And I always loved seeing the kids out there and, you know, being a part of it. And I would always joke, I'm like, look at these life experiences she's learning, you know, mm-hmm how to work with the economy here and she's right. learning social skills and <laughs> navigate and so, the weirdos. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so still to this day, one of my favorite things, and I always try and buy um, from them is when I see kids out there and got their hustle going on. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and it's one of those things it's like, you know, people, People are like, oh, you're bringing kids to, you know, you can't blah, 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 blah. But like when it comes down to it, like this is their life because they're being raised by us. And of course, like, you know, you know, the hot, sweaty indoor when mom and dad are, you know, having fun the way mom and dads have fun sometimes at shows. No, of course not. Of course not. You know, but I I haven't really ever seen a situation where I've been concerned about a child's in you know in an inappropriate situation at a show I really haven't and I really feel like even the people who are there without kids and whatnot are very conscious that that's a piece of it and because there's the family sections you know it really makes it so we can bring them you know my kids say they're like mom we are most comfortable like one of the most comfortable places we are is when we're on lot and I think that they see us shine and see how happy we are and therefore it reflects with them and yes you know it's, it's a beautiful part of their lives you know absolutely absolutely and just being able to do that with mom and dad and be a part of that and you know um yeah absolutely it's a great thing um unfortunately my daughter now you know she's a teenager so anything that mom likes you know of course it's just not cool anymore right now so yeah. I don't think that I would be able to drag her to a show um actually before COVID um there was Post Malone had announced I think it was for Bonnaroo or something sure. um and uh, she's a huge Post Malone fan. And so I thought, this is my chance. Fish is playing and Post Malone's playing. I'm going to take her. 
And she completely shot that out of the water. She's like, no way. I'm not going to that with you. <laughs> and I thought, oh, child, this is the girl that used to hula hoop on lot and sell flowers. And now you're just like, ah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I am I am lucky with that one. My kids, um, you know, they listen to their own music as well. But they 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 go on lot with me, too. You know, the last summer we yeah. went to, I took them to three shows. So we did a Bangor show and two of the SPAC ones. And my daughter ran Fun. around with her, you know, her female-centric t- tank top on and they were you know oh, yeah yay. yeah and like you know my yeah. oldest is you know he's old enough now that he can take off he pulled some great moves at great woods a few years ago because he just kept going down towards the front and like the security people be like where's your take he's like oh my parents are down there he's like okay so I'm like, and he come back, he was like, I was just in the front row. Smart. <laughs> right. Look at him. That's fantastic. That's great. <laughs> yep, exactly. So he graduates this yep. year and he's like, I hope that they're on tour. I really want to go. And I'm uh, like, yeah, you know, he's 18 yeah. now. So, you know, hopefully yeah. he's been taught the right, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping my daughter comes back around. My son, um, he loves it. And mm. he, uh, he, he still listens to the music and he's just, you know, he's 11 though. So we haven't reached sure. really that teenage stage yet. So I'm hoping my fingers are crossed that, yeah, that he, uh, you know, he can still appreciate it uh, with yeah. his mama. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so I know that we've interviewed, um, a couple of people, um, and we've, we've had them on episodes. We had the lovely grave, uh, graphic artist, uh, Pam Hayward, who I was really lucky to also be one of the subjects of her SPAC uh, poster last year from an old picture of me dancing at a show from years and years ago. Uh, yes. Yeah, as well as the author, Elizabeth Beck, who we just had on somewhat recently. Um, how many people do you have on your on your um, site now? And are there openings um, for more? Is it kind of unlimited? Anybody can kind of come and... Yes, it is unlimited um, as far as vendors. We are always welcoming people um, you know, to the lot. And um, we currently have right now, um, we have over 30 vendors and over 3000 items available. And the really cool about that, or part about that is that 80% of our vendors are female. So we really oh, have that fantastic. girl power, yeah. um, you know, female presence. And again, that all goes back to, you know, when I was talking before about having a really male dominated scene for the most part, it's so empowering to have this group. And of course the guys that are part of the lot, you know, they're just as important, but it feels really good to have all of these smart, creative women working together and empowering each other. And it's just, I love it. It's, it's amazing. Um, the female force has definitely been one of those things that is really, it's, you know, and obviously you know, I'd see it more because of what I'm doing, but just, you know, with fish chicks and all the other things that are coming about, it's, it's an amazing, uh, it really is. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Um, and, just being able to also, you know, just have that presence and that, you know, feeling of there's other girls here that get it. And, you know, um, life's hard. So when you have a group of women that, you know, have your back and are right there with you, it, it you know, makes things so much easier and the adventure is so much more fun. Oh yeah, definitely. Cause we've been there the whole time, you know, like making sure back right. in the day, like I think about just like, you know, the boys back in the day, I, 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 
some micro band they just like wind up with a bottle of whiskey in a ditch somewhere i'm like oh just get in the car like what are you doing right you know? like, right be always the, the moms yes. like taking care of everyone right? <laughs> mama everybody brother mama all that you know oh yeah oh yeah absolutely absolutely <laughs> um so what are your what are your future plans you know how do you think this is going to look once live music does start back up uh, again and um do you think you'll have more you know people represented um oh hang on a second actually I'm back that up for one second so you know with your future plans how do you think this is going to look once live music starts and do you see yourself now more having a vending spot that's called the lot with with a handful of people like what how do you see this going once we get back up and going again um, once things, we have lots of plans, yeah. um, and lots of ideas and we're always, you know, tossing more ideas around with everyone. Um, but once shows come back, we really want to have a presence, um, of the lot itself. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that's, you know, just us all vending together and trying to centralize our location, which a lot of us do that now. Um, a lot of the female vendors have, um, you know, made it a point to get together pre-show and decide where we're going to be parked and set up together so that you walk down a row and, you know, they're familiar faces all together from show to show. Yes. Um, So we're going to continue on with that. Um, We also have ideas. We want to make sure that once live shows come back, we are bringing that experience as best as we are able to, to those at home because Couch tour is a huge part of our ah. fish community. We've all been there. Hot damn, um, girl. I didn't even think about that. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> we have so many ideas, um, wow. you know, that we're playing around with where we're able to bring that home. And so even if you're not able to be at the show, you're going to be able to probably stream it, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of our shows, we are able to do so. Yeah. And on top of that, pre-show, post-show, you're going to get a little bit of the action happening on the lot and see the vendors that are there. And you also have that opportunity to purchase items without being there. Um, and that's the beauty of the lot. Um, even without the in-person shows, that it's still there and you can still support the vendors in our community. And you can still get yourself the gear that you want um, without having to search all over for it. And so we're just going to continue on with that and let it evolve and grow. And we're just really excited because we plan on being here for the long term. Um, sure. Now, and and because you have other bands represented there. And so is it, do you also go and tour with just whoever's on tour sort of thing? And, and is that something that um, do you find, I, I guess, mostly fish, but you know, how often is it not connected to fish, I guess? Um, for me personally, um, the majority of what I do, if I'm not doing events locally um, to where I live, then my travels are focused um, solely around fish just because I'm a mom and sure. I have, you know, things I've got to do. So when I get away, I'm I'm going to fish and, and doing that. But we do have lots of vendors that represent um, and are inspired by other jam bands, Billy Strings, um, The Grateful Dead. Um, and, you know, offshoots of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, widespread panic and, and different bands. And if they're going to be at that show um, and that's on their, you know, on their agenda, absolutely. The lot will be represented through them. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, is there anything else you want to share with us? 
Um, I just wanted to thank you for giving me the opportunity to come here and chat with you and, you know, spread the word about this. Uh, I think it's really important for our community that we all kind of stick together and support each other and the world's crazy right now. And I'm just really thankful that we have this family, you know, this circle that, that we can reach out to. It's, It's been pretty incredible to, to watch us thrive during this. You know, absolutely. And, you know, thank goodness that the band has uh, been there and mm -hmm. offering the dinner and a movie and and streams and, and you know, they talk about, you know, they get it and, you know, they're the beacon of light and, you know, they wanted to be there for their fans, but, you know, I don't know if they truly understand what they've done for so many of us. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, just even going to shows is, is, is our release, you know, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of us, you know, we do the nine to five and we are hustling in our daily lives. And just to have that release, you know, I joke it's going to church and just mm-hmm. having that soul purge and being able to just let go for a few hours. And I'm just so thankful that they've been able to really bring that to us while we've been stuck at home and not able to have the in-person experience. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was like in new years for me, like I just had a handful of friends over and Ryan, actually my producer here, he brought over his whole lighting setup. So we turned like my living room into like a, like Madison square garden. And we had one of the best new years we've ever had. That whole time machine was outrageous. I, I just, I can't get over how that happened. And just to have those four, you know, <laughs> yeah. so funny. Isn't I'm like, amazing? Is, yeah, I'm like, I is mean, this fish it's... when we're old? Like, how does this work? Right. <laughs> <laughs> what, it's so different. What is this? But you love it. And yes. you're like, this is home. Yes. And it's were... amazing that that feeling can still be shared through the internet, you know, through technology. Um, right. That you're still able to have that energy exchange yeah. and those feelings and that relationship with the fans, with your friends, with the band itself. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing thing. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. We're, it is. We're it so is. lucky. We're lucky. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to keep on going. So, all yes. right. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for joining us. And I want to let everybody know that if you want to check out the lot, so you want to get all your, your things you don't have to worry about for the next show because they have got everything there. It's awesome. 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 So you want to go to www.couchlot.com or www.thelotbyprimalsoup.com. And you can find them also on Instagram as well as Facebook. And uh, Carrie's personal Etsy page is www.msblissdesigns.com. So check all of that out. And Carrie, and I'm going to say Craig too, even though you're not here, thanks Craig for, you know, sending me a great email and just being part of this. And (laughs) really just, this is one of those things that keeps our community going and and uh you know just keeps keeps the love up there so thank you so much thank you thank you so much for having me Mm -hmm. all right we'll be right back all right everybody well thank you so much for joining us for episode 60 of female centrics and i want to thank again carrie selfridge from the lot by primal soup for talking about this amazing website that she started that really continues on this community that has just been thriving regardless of this uh damn pandemic and we will be back together before you know it i know you guys so uh remember we are part 
part of the Osiris Podcast Network. So if you want to check out more podcasts, go to OsirisPod.com. And yeah, I guess that's it, my friends. Peace.